Hello, everyone. This is Father Bill Nicholas, and this is Faith, Hope, and History. Greetings and welcome, everybody. It is Friday, February 18th, 2022. And a lot happened on this day in history. A lot happens every day, but I happen to have a few things written down that are interesting and in some cases very important. In 1516, Mary Tudor, otherwise known as Bloody Mary, future Queen of England, was born in Greenwich Palace, the daughter of King Henry VIII and his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. In 1546, on this day, Martin Luther died, one of the great fathers of the Protestant Reformation. In 1564, Michelangelo died on this day. Fast forward a couple hundred years, in 1861, on this day, Jefferson Davis took the oath of office as president of the Confederacy on the steps of the Capitol at Montgomery in Alabama. He would eventually relocate his government to Richmond in Virginia, where it would remain until the end of the Civil War, just four years later. On this day in 1885, Mark Twain published The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn here in the United States. And in 1930, the planet, now known as a dwarf planet, Pluto, was discovered. In 1970, on this day, the Chicago Seven were found innocent of conspiring to incite riots at the 1968 Democratic Convention. And in 1972, on this day, the California Supreme Court struck down the state's death penalty. While in 1977, on this day, the Space Shuttle Enterprise went on its maiden flight, launching off of a Boeing 747 over the Mojave Desert, in California. And in 1988, Anthony M. Kennedy was sworn in as the 104th Justice of the Supreme Court, and of course he retired just a few years ago. A lot happened on this day in history, but currently, on this day, we are in the midst of a process throughout the country and throughout the world of dismantling, you could say, the COVID state of affairs that has gripped this world for the last two years. As an individual, as a priest, as a Catholic, as a citizen, this couldn't have come soon enough. As many in my congregation have heard me in my homilies, I have not been as hysterical or as frightened or as terrified as many people during the course of this pandemic. I've, of course, been concerned. I did not want to get COVID. I have been fortunate so far. And as I've told people, it's not a time to be reckless. It's not a time to be irresponsible. Now or any time, whether it's COVID season, which looks like we may have that in the future, flu season, which we have had in the past, or any time in which people tend to get sick, we still need to behave responsibly, Let's exercise good hygiene. Let's exercise cleanliness. But I have not descended into hysterics, and it's been a theme of my homilies throughout that as Christians, and especially as Catholics, we need to be 
a cut above everybody else, and certainly a cut above those who look to the government and government officials for guidance, because the only result of that, and especially compounded by the media, the only desire is to see us descend into hysterics and panic. Now, in the year 1943, Walt Disney released a short that I believe won the Academy Award that year that dealt with the feelings of the country during World War II. And of course, rumors abounded during World War II. What kind of weapons were being made by the Nazis? They'd heard stories of Nazi supermen, super soldiers. And this cartoon that came out in 1943, Reason and Emotion, addresses how people respond and react to bad news. And in this cartoon, it takes a rather amusing roundabout point to nail home that fear is the ultimate enemy. We may hear about wars, we may hear about losses, but we shouldn't worry about them so much to the point that it completely incapacitates us. And the message in this cartoon comes at the end after a presentation of the conflict between the two sides of our brain that are personified by a learned scholar and a caveman, whether it's a man or a woman. The intellect and the reason is represented by a learned scholar and the emotion is represented by a caveman or a cavewoman. And it begins inside the mind of a baby where emotion pushes reason aside. The caveman inside each of us is dominant in the undeveloped brain, in children, in babies. But as we get older, our rational thoughts begin to gain control. And in this cartoon are represented by the well-dressed scholar or well-dressed man driving our mental processes as if it was driving a truck. And of course, in certain cases, all it takes is an attractive woman to change the dominating force, or all it takes is a fear to change that, to go simply back to the emotions. I have to admit, I suppose the cartoon is dated pretty well, but there's some blatant sexism involved in this presentation. But it does speak to our human tendency to let the emotions take over, especially at a time of fear and uncertainty. And we certainly have seen that in the last year. Now, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 6, as Jesus is talking about the up-and-coming calamities, many people interpret this as a teaching that tells us what will happen at the end of the world. But basically, Jesus is speaking about the expectation of calamities, whether it be the end of the world or whether it be wars and insurrections. But in chapter 24, verse 6 of St. Matthew's Gospel, he says, You will hear of wars and rumor of wars. Do not be alarmed. Such things are bound to happen, but that is not the end. And he goes on to speak of various uh, horrors of war and insurrections, nation rising uh, above nation, nations rising against each other, and civil disorder occurring, but all throughout this teaching, he reminds us to keep our heads. Do not be led astray. In the midst of these uncertainties, there will be people who will step forward and say, I'm the Messiah, or the end is near, and he says repeatedly, do not listen to them. 
Well, we can certainly relate to that over the last year. How many people have descended into hysterics because of viruses and rumors of viruses? Variants, mutations, and rumors of variants and mutations. Vaccines and rumors of vaccines. Side effects and rumors of side effects. Conspiracy theories and rumors of conspiracy theories. In which we're told, listen to the government, listen to the media, listen to uh, health officials, but not your own doctor. And we've seen our nation descend into a kind of medical hysteria. Which makes me wonder how long we will be in this process of weaning ourselves off of this pandemic. We are very anxious and eager to listen to our leaders when they say, now's the time to panic. Put on a mask. Oh, no, 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 no. Put on three masks. Get vaccinated. Get boosted. You get one, you'll be fine, but now you need another, and you need another. But now that they are starting to tell us that we can take off the masks, the mandates are being relaxed, it will be interesting to see how long it will take some people to finally do so, if they ever do. We're anxious to panic when they tell us to panic, but when they tell us not to panic and not to be afraid, take off the mask, it's not a mandate anymore, are we going to take the masks off or are we going to continue to be in that state of uncertainty and fear? And as a spiritual leader, as a priest, that is my main concern. We have been told back and forth what the science is. In fact, science has been falling all over itself over the last couple of years. We've been told this works. No, but that works. No, but no, this, this works. And we're not exactly sure, but now we have the data and we're following the science. Even though the science doesn't say thus and so, we're still going to do something. The vaccines work. They don't work. They work just for you. Doesn't affect the spread of others. And you know we get so many mixed messages. But I have been saying all along that Christians, and especially Catholics, need to be above it all. We are the ones that need to be the rational people. We're the ones that need to keep our heads, maintain a grip, not lose our heads, not descend into panic and into a frenzy, which unfortunately for many people, that is exactly what has happened. Catholics who have fallen into this frenzy have masked shamed Catholics who have not fallen into this frenzy. And it's in every other demographic, Catholic and non-Catholic. There are those who will not panic and did not panic, did not live as if they were in a panic, but had to deal with those who were, and everything had to stop and be adjusted to those who would freak out. And that's part of the effect that we see when we allow our emotions to overcome our reason. How many people really looked up the data? How many people really sifted through the news, or did they just listen to the latest headline? How many people panicked when the latest variant was discovered? And how many kind of calmed down a little when they learned that the Omicron variant, while maybe more contagious, was not as serious when one gets sick? The symptoms were milder. Did we remain panicked? And I don't want to get into all the details of the medical history because that's not the type of podcast that this is. But now that we are seeing our society, and the world, 
in some cases, entire nations, in our country, certain states, have set the date when these mandates will be relaxed. How many are now believing that? How many are eager to get to the point where we're not wearing a mask anymore? How many are going to still insist that people wear masks in their workplace because they themselves have not let go of the panic or the concern? Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be afraid of this virus. I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned about our health. Obviously, we should. I believe it was the governor of Colorado who said, yes, we should be concerned about going out in the cold that we would put on a jacket. But if we go out in the cold and we don't put a jacket on, we get frostbite. It's our own fault for not putting on the jacket. But just because one is cold doesn't mean everyone else has to put on a jacket. We take responsibility for our own health. We take what precautions. But the kind of shaming and moral superiority that we have seen people take on, even on the levels of government, to the point of shirking our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our religious freedoms, our freedom of speech for those who might have a different, even professional understanding and opinion of this pandemic. We've seen this country and the world falling deeper and deeper into this frenzy surrounding this pandemic, even to the point that some wonder, was this really a health crisis or was this just an opportunity for politicians to gain more power and influence over people's lives? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not that kind of an analyst. It's easy for me to descend into conspiracy theories and personal opinions. But how have we approached this pandemic? And now that we are coming to the end of it, and now that we're coming into an understanding that this is a virus that we're just going to have to learn to live with, are we the kind who's going to get back to normal? Or are we going to continue to be in a state of steady panic and insist that everyone, everyone, adhere to a new normal because I'm afraid I might get sick from you, so you need to mask up. You need to get that vaccine, whether you want it or not. You have to bend over to everything I'm afraid might happen to me, when in the end, we all just need to take responsibility for our own health. And as a spiritual leader, that has always been a concern of mine throughout this entire panic. Where is our faith when it comes to dealing with such things as a health scare? Where is our faith when it comes to dealing with something like the uncertainty and fear and concern and stress at a time of war like we saw in World War II at the time this Disney cartoon, Reason and Emotion, was released. How do we hear the words of Christ in the Gospel of Matthew when he says, you are going to hear rumors of wars and insurrections, and in our case of diseases. We will hear rumors of civil unrest. We will hear people perpetuating a panic a constant perpetuation of panic, no matter what it is. I mean, we see it on the news. We see it from our politicians. If you vote for me, good for you. We have great leadership in our country, but if by some reason you don't vote for me or you don't vote for my party, it's the end of democracy. It's the end of the world. It's racism. It's you know, fill in whatever social political crisis they want to throw in. It's going to be climate change. It's going to be the end of civilization as we know it. They can't handle the fact that something is not going their way or they can't handle the fact that something might be a threat to them. So they want to keep people in a state of perpetual panic. In which our emotions are the things that are in control. And the minute we have someone with a rational thought saying, let's sift through this. Let's think about this. Let's reconsider this. 
then those whose emotions have taken over start shaming them, start out-talking them, start calling them names, want to silence them. And we'll see how that develops over these next couple of weeks as we are beginning to put aside these mandates. They are now no longer going to be mandates, but are we going to mandate them now? Are we going to mandate them based on a few people who want to keep themselves in a state of perpetual panic over the virus? Here in California, the last day of the mask mandates was Wednesday, the 15th. Excuse me, Tuesday, the 15th, and the first day beyond that was Wednesday, the 16th. And I preached at both of our masses here at the cathedral in San Francisco and kind of said, let's keep an even keel. Let's wean ourselves off of these masks. We're so used to being in a state of panic, in a state of unsurety, in a state of worry over an adversary that is invisible. But the thing we definitely need to overcome is the real enemy here. And the real enemy is fear. When we allow that emotion to take over, then we begin to behave in a way that is irrational. And concern for the spiritual well-being of the people that I serve the flock that I helped to lead in this parish, at this cathedral. That's my main concern. And so my encouragement of people is, take off the mask. Don't be uncomfortable. If you feel uncomfortable, do it anyway. Be rational in this. Wean ourselves off of this desire for the mask. Wean ourselves away from the suspicion of those who don't wear the mask. Because this pandemic is coming to an end, and we made it through, we're sorry and we pray for those who did get sick and are grateful for those who recovered. And of course, we mourn those who did not make it, as is the case of any pandemic. Even the annual flu season, the flu will unfortunately take the lives of some people. And this new disease did just that, and I don't want to downplay that. But in the midst of that, let us also keep an even keel. Let's Keep a grip. Let's keep our rational control of ourselves. And yes, it may be uncomfortable for many of us to take off that mask, to go out in public, to go into a restaurant where they're not going to check our vaccination status. They're not going to insist that we wear a mask. And the more we do it, the more comfortable we will become, and the sooner we all will get back to normal. Knowing that we've got a new disease out there, Sometimes I wonder, I mean, I like history, but not this much, and this is faith, hope, and history. I wonder how much of a factor influenza was prior to the Spanish flu pandemic. But now, less than 100 years after the Spanish flu, at least where one of my favorite TV shows, Frasier, is concerned, it became a topic of one of the episodes of a comedy, a sitcom, in which the main character got the flu. It's one of the funniest episodes of that series. And yet, at the time of the pandemic, I'm sure it was not something funny. And perhaps, who knows, we may get there with, with COVID. You're down with the flu. We might say he's down with the vid. And as we grow more and more accustomed to the nature of this particular virus, you know, then we can know what to look for when we see symptoms. And in the case of any sickness that we have, we stay home until we recover. But the main concern is we've gotten through this pandemic. And congratulations to us all. Thank God for this. But now, let's get ourselves to a place 
where we can get on with our lives, where we can no longer be afraid, where we can embrace the normality that we had, the normalcy that we had prior to the pandemic. Not look with suspicion or let our ire be raised when we see someone without a mask. And whether someone was vaccinated or not is really none of our business. That's their medical business. But that we suddenly don't panic. We suddenly don't resent people for not wearing a mask. And we're no longer afraid of people resenting us if we don't wear the, the mask. And of course, various circles have come out more and more saying that keeping children in masks, school children in masks, would constitute child abuse. I certainly hope that this is going to be a factor in the public schools in our country and the Catholic schools in our country. I'd hate to have the Catholic schools be the schools that keep our children in masks because I can just see, you know, any opportunist just take, jumping on the opportunity to say, oh, see, mask wearing is child abuse and the Catholic Church is naturally advocating that by keeping the children in masks. We don't want to see that. And so are we going to keep children in masks because of a hysteria, because of a lingering concern, a lingering worry, a lingering fear? Or we are going to allow our schools to move forward in this? And not my decision to make, but I certainly hope eventually it is made where all the children in school don't have to wear masks, that we can take down the screens and get back to normal interaction with people, knowing that, yes, interaction with other human beings does result on occasion in people getting sick. People will get sick. And unfortunately, some people who get sick will die. That's a fact of life, and it's something we have to live with. I'm going to die someday. You are going to die someday. And so will every person you know, every friend, every family member, every person in this world, one day we will die. But we can't allow ourselves to die before we are dead. And when we allow fear to control us, whether it's fear of a war or insurrection, which is the issue that the Disney cartoon addressed, or whether we are afraid of a disease that's going around, we can't let it get to the point again where we are no longer interacting with one another. We need human interaction. But we also need to remember that whenever there is human interaction, there will always be the risk of catching a disease or a sickness. But as we've seen throughout history, when we continue to interact, even in the midst of a disease and a sickness, then herd immunity eventually kicks in where it no longer becomes the kind of threat as a disease that it once was when it first uh, first hit humanity. We saw that with the Spanish flu. We'll eventually, I believe, see that with the COVID uh, virus, even with the various variants that rear its ugly head over time. But let us not allow ourselves again to be swept into the kind of frenzy, hysteria, and panic that we saw over the last two years, which enabled some leaders, media figures, health officials to take advantage of their own self-importance in maintaining a fear, an irrational fear, when they should have been giving us rational information so that we as a society could keep an even keel, keep our lives intact, keep our economy strong, and move forward as people who can face basically anything 
that comes our way because we have the faith that ultimately God protects us. We believe God will protect our nation. We believe God will protect the humanity made in his image and likeness. And when we remember things like this and really let that sink in, where we don't just know it, we believe it, then we will see when our reason kicks in and does not allow our emotions to take control. So those are my thoughts for this week. Keep in mind the themes of that Disney cartoon. If you ever get a chance to see it, you might find it a little dated, but it is still very clever on how panic can ensue so easily. And we've seen in the past how we are so eager to panic and be afraid, but we're always reluctant to not be afraid when we are told we no longer need to be afraid. We're more trusting of people who say, be afraid, than we are of people who tell us, don't be afraid. But as a people of faith, hopefully we can still be a step ahead and a step above people who descend into an irrational panic in which the emotions take over. And it's my sincere hope that in the weeks to come, the months, hopefully by Easter, at the latest summer, we will really see our nation getting back to normal, where we won't be hiding behind masks. We can actually see each other's faces. We can see each other's smiles. We can hear each other's voices clearly without having to translate through a muffler. We can get back to the human interaction that is so important for everybody, and especially for our children. And we will see us stand tall, stand forward, to move forward as a result of this pandemic that perhaps lasted just a little longer than it should have, or at least the mandates lasted perhaps a little longer than they should have. And the next time we are faced with a health crisis, we're able to keep an even keel, remembering how we responded to this last pandemic of COVID-19. But especially, let us keep our heads. Let us take off our masks. If we're uncomfortable, let's make ourselves comfortable. Take those steps, not hide behind fear, but put on that confidence. We made it through this pandemic. We'll make it through others. And we can have that confidence to get on with our lives and hopefully see things truly come back to normal as a nation, as a church, for communities, for families, and as individuals. So thanks for your attention. Thanks for your consideration of these words that I share with you today. Uh, Take care, and with any luck, I will talk to you again soon. Thank you.